Welcome to the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I'm Kyle Brost, a strategist and changemaker. I'm the CEO of Spark Policy Institute, founder and principal at Choice Strategy Group, and contributor to Forbes, Thrive Global, and Influencer. I lead at the intersection of strategy and impact, where I turn ordinary individuals into strategists and changemakers. Let's get started. This is episode number two of the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I'm Kyle Brost. On the first episode, we talked about massive strategic shifts in life, strategic reactions that shifted the course of someone's life or business. I shared a strategic shift in my life, the point where I shifted from being profit-driven to being impact-driven. My shift from pure entrepreneur to social entrepreneur. Well, that shift of mine was actually just covered in the New York Times. As we were talking about strategic shifts in life, we touched on the importance of injecting intention. Well, that's what today's podcast is about. How to inject intention into any situation, no matter how intense or emotional it might be. Because if you don't learn how to inject intention into moments in life, you'll be like a boat, just adrift, simply carried wherever the current or storm of emotions wants to take you. Or as one of my favorite quotes goes, if one does not know to which port one is sailing, no wind is a good wind. That's a Seneca quote. The person who is led by their emotions alone is akin to setting sail without a port, without direction. We all know these people, no matter what opportunities are put in front of them, they are always a victim. Not just of the situation, but more importantly, they are a victim of their own emotions. You know this person because far too often you are this person. But you don't have to be. You can learn to react strategically by injecting intention when your emotions try to rob you of your intentions. Last episode, I spoke briefly about my first company, a commercial carpet cleaning business. I didn't have a ton of intention when I started my carpet cleaning business. All I was trying to do was avoid something painful. I was trying to avoid hard work, quite frankly. Um, And so I started that business without a lot of intention. And even though I thought I had this brilliant business model, as I shared last episode, it wasn't succeeding. I wasn't making money because I was trying to sell services to college students, and I didn't really like the work I was doing. So as I mentioned last episode, I made this shift from trying to sell services to college students to getting contracts with real estate management companies, uh, hotel chains, churches, places that I felt would pay me more regularly and want to pay me and that I could establish contracts with so they'd be more regular. Well, that wasn't an easy shift. And my ultimate goal was to increase my margins, was to be more profitable and have a more stable business. So to make that shift, I just had to start cold calling people. I had to research organizations and companies in the town and literally pick up the phone and just call them as you know a 20-year-old kid who had zero life experience and try to get them to let me be their service provider. Well, that process was miserable. Nobody wanted to give me the chance or the opportunity to clean their carpet or even quote them. So I literally called 
hundreds of people and more than half of them didn't even pick up the phone. The ones that did pick up the phone hung it up pretty quickly. And every now and then I get one that would at least hear me out, probably out of obligation or, or sympathy. So when I was starting to feel despair because I had called so many people and wasn't getting anything, I had this breakthrough moment where finally, after hundreds of calls, somebody said, okay, a real estate management company said, okay, if you come in and quote our office and do a good job, we'll look at the other properties we manage and see if we can use you. And I was thrilled. I mean, literally, I was at bottom. I, I was you know, frustrated. I was in despair because nobody was responding to me. And finally, I had the opportunity to go quote somebody on their business. And so I thought to myself, man, I am, I'm going to give them a quote that they cannot refuse. I'm going to give them such a good quote. I cannot miss this opportunity. I've got to get this opportunity. So I am going to give them a quote that they cannot refuse. Well, I went into their business, uh, their office space. I measured it all out <clears throat> and I started to put together my quote. And the going rate at the time was about 25 cents a square foot. And I put together a quote that was at, I think, 15 cents a square foot because, again, I told myself, I'm going to give them a quote that they cannot refuse. And so I put together this quote at 15 cents a square foot. I walked up to the owner and I handed it to him and he grabbed it. He looked at it for, I don't know, three or four seconds. He handed it right back to me and he said, I don't want you to charge me so little that you can't do a good job. Have a great day. Well, I was destroyed. I thought I was giving him something he would not be able to refuse. And yet I never got their business the rest of the time that I operated. And what's interesting about this situation is I wasn't injecting intention. Look, I was trying to get away from low margin projects. I was trying to get away from low margin services. I was trying to get into a place where people were paying me regularly and establish a sound business. And yet I went in there with the same mindset that had gotten me to where I was, that low cost was my route. I went in there with the same attention that had gotten me into a bad situation. And then I didn't inject the meaningful intention. My actions weren't aligned with what I was really trying to accomplish, which was a more profitable, sustainable business. Well, that lack of injecting intention cost me that business and probably months worth of additional revenue because it took me so much longer to find another company. Fortunately, I recognized pretty quickly because of the comment, I don't want you to charge me so little you can't do a good job that I needed to inject a different intention. I couldn't position myself as this low-cost provider and succeed. I had to position myself as somebody who could offer just as high a quality, if not higher quality, than other competitors in town. And that's exactly what I did. I started to position myself as somebody who cared deeply about customers because I was the small guy. So I gave more time, energy, and effort. I went above and beyond to deliver extraordinary value. That was my injection of intention, injecting more value versus competing off of price. And when I started to inject that intention into my behaviors, my business shifted. Really, my life shifted. By injecting the intention of creating more value versus just trying to be a low-cost provider. 
It's amazing how often we do this, though, how often we say we want one thing, but yet our actions aren't leading toward that intention. We're not injecting intention into our everyday actions. And so there's this really big misalignment between what it is we say we want and how we're actually behaving because we lack intention in the very things that we do that could potentially lead us toward our goals. You have to spend time thinking about how are my actions aligned toward the goal I want? Am I injecting intention into all of my actions? Or am I simply defaulting to what I know and what I'm familiar with? It's the classic definition of insanity that we've all heard, repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, the truth of that situation is that we're simply not injecting intention into our behavior. A really poignant example of injecting intention is the story of James Stockdale, who was a commander during the Vietnam War. He flew a Douglas A-4 Skyhawk and led missions over Vietnam. Well, on one mission, it was the 9th of September, 1965, he was flying a mission over North Vietnam, and his plane was struck by enemy fire, completely disabled, and so he was forced to eject from this Douglas A-4 Skyhawk. So he parachuted down, and as he's parachuting down, after just getting shot down, he's looking over the landscape, and he realizes that he, when he hits the ground, is going to become a prisoner of war. And he also realizes that when he becomes a prisoner of war, he will be the highest-ranking officer that Vietnam has captured. So he's thinking, as he's parachuting down, what to do with this situation, And it hits him that not only is he going to be valuable to Vietnam because he is the highest ranking officer they will have captured, but that he will be valuable to the other prisoners, that he can install his leadership in their experience and continue to be a leader even as a prisoner. So you think about how dramatic this moment is. I mean, he literally just gets shot out of the sky His life is in eminent risk, and he injects intention in that very moment. Not to avoid capture, not to uh, avoid torture or pain, which are all things that would be rational and understandable, but he recognized his role as a leader and said, it doesn't matter what situation, I'm always going to be a leader and I'm going to inject intention into this situation to continue being a leader. And that he did. So he spent a lot of time in what they called the Hanoi Hilton, uh, jokingly as a prisoner of war. And as the senior naval officer, he was one of the main organizers of prisoner resistance. So he actually created and enforced a code of conduct for all prisoners, which governed torture, they had secret communications, and even in behavior. Imagine how difficult that would be. All of the things to preserve your own life and avoid pain that you would want in that situation. And yet he is this tremendous example of injecting intention. He was a leader. He saw himself as a leader. His intention was to be a leader. And as he's parachuting down, getting ready to be captured, he says, I don't care the situation. I'm always going to be a leader. And even in this situation, I choose to be a leader. 
That is injecting intention. He was so clear on what he wanted and what he could accomplish, where his skills were, his capabilities were, what results he wanted, that it didn't matter the situation. He was able to inject intention into that situation. And this is the key to injecting intention and getting what you want out of situations. It's really obvious, but you have to know what you want. There is no intention if you're not crystal clear about what it is you want out of the situation. He knew what he wanted. He wanted to be a leader and he chose to be a leader. If you don't know what you want, how do you inject intention? So before you enter into any situation, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a discussion, whether it's uh, you know, your morning routine, whether it's interactions in relationship, whatever it is, you have to spend just a moment and get really clear about what it is you want out of that situation and use what you want in that situation to drive your intention. That way you can inject and align your actions. Versus just, as we talked about earlier, being led adrift by emotion and circumstance. Spend a moment and ask yourself before each situation, especially high emotion situations, what is it that I want out of this situation? And what kind of behaviors and actions are most likely to get me to that point, to get me what I want out of the situation? If you don't do that, then something surprising hits you. Somebody says something that offends you. Somebody uh, undermines your authority. Somebody does something that bothers you and it triggers an emotion and you start to react to that emotion and you lose all sight of your intention and are just being driven by the storm of emotion. And guess where that storm's going to take you? It's going to be like any storm. It's going to be destructive. It's going to ruin relationships. It's going to damage uh, your credibility. It's going to take you far away from your intention and desired result. So I repeat, if you want to get something out of a situation, you need to know what it is you want. You have to spend a moment and ask yourself, what is it that I want out of this situation and what behaviors is it going to take to get me there? And that way, when the emotion hits, you can remind yourself quickly, what do I want? Inject that intention back into the situation and behave according to intention, not according to emotion. Look, I know some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, yeah, that's easy said while well, I'm sitting here and there's no emotion and I'm calm and I can think about, yeah, I'll inject intention. But what about when I'm overwhelmed with emotion, with anger, with frustration, with sadness? I don't think I can do it in that moment. Well, of course you can. Look, if James Stockdale, who's parachuting down with his life at risk and everything he knows at risk, that fear of being literally tortured, not just figuratively, and his life at risk, can use that emotion, can not just bottle it down and push it to the bottom so that he ignores it, but he can actually use that emotion to bring meaning and purpose to the situation by reframing this event to be about leadership. If he can do that in that moment, you can do that when your son or daughter or your spouse or your colleague or your boss says something that ticks you off. Don't use emotion as a lousy excuse to behave stupidly. 
Use emotion as a driver, as a, a piece of energy to do meaningful things, to inject intention and get out of the situation what you want out of the situation. You can do that. Rather than the experience of emotion being a trigger to you that something's wrong with the situation, when you learn to react strategically, you see that emotion as evidence that there is tremendous value to be created. Because if you're feeling the emotion, other people are probably feeling emotion as well. And they're going to react to that emotion. But you're going to see that emotion and remind yourself, think to yourself, oh man, this is an opportunity to create value. This is an opportunity to react strategically. And you're going to do that and create value in the situation by injecting intention where other people might not do that. So use the emotion that you feel as evidence that the situation can have greater value that this is an opportunity to create and maximize value by injecting intention rather than getting lost in the emotion. I know personally what you're experiencing in these moments. When it feels like the emotion is taking over and that you are powerless to react strategically. I've been there in that moment when emotion is high and you're forced with this scenario, and you feel powerless, and yet you can still inject intention and react strategically, even when emotion is high and you almost feel helpless. One of the most difficult experiences I have faced in my life happened just this year. My wife and I have always been extremely fortunate in that she had healthy pregnancies, we had healthy babies, our children continue to be healthy. And early this year, she was pregnant, and I was out of town on travel when she was going to get a follow-up ultrasound and check on the health and growth of the baby. And I got a call during one of my meetings, and when I answered, it was her. And she was in tears, and she said, the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And then she began to explain to me what the options were. The baby had died, and now we faced a choice as to what to do next. So there were surgical options to, uh, to remove the fetus, or we could wait and she could deliver the baby naturally in, in due time. Well, I am somewhat of a stereotypical male where when there's a problem, I want to fix it. So my default intention is to fix the problem. And to get it, you know, find a solution and move past it. So my default reaction was, well, you know, this is a really crappy situation. But the fastest way to get through it is to just, you know, have the, the fetus surgically removed and we'll, you know, hug and kiss and we'll move on with our lives. That was my default intention. And yet our emotions were incredibly high. This was a devastating experience, especially for my wife. And so while my emotions were high, so were hers, which was evidence that this was an opportunity to maximize value. And so I had to take a moment and reflect and ask, what's the right intention for this experience? What's the strategic reaction in this experience? I can't fix the problem. No matter how badly I want to, I can't fix this problem. So what's the strategic reaction? 
And ultimately, the only thing I had to offer was love and support and patience for the one who was experiencing the greatest pain, my wife. And when I reframed the situation in that way, when I injected that intention, when I reacted strategically in that way, I allowed her, I enabled, not just allowed, but I enabled her to make the decision she felt was right. And her decision was to deliver the baby. And I chose to be supportive as long as she needed the support, not just as long as I could bear it or stand it or give it, but as long as she needed it. So that was this emotional, trying, difficult situation where my emotion was telling me, let's just fix it and get past this really crappy experience. That's what the emotion was saying. But it was also evidence that here was a great opportunity to react strategically. And so I injected the intention of support and patience in as much as she needed it. And when I did that, guess what happened? Our relationship was strengthened tremendously through this experience. The amount of support that we offer each other and how we offer support to each other has changed through this experience. Imagine what that would have looked like if I would have went with my emotion and said, look, there's only one way here. We've got to you know, go in, have surgery, just do this and get it done with. And yet she's fighting against that because of some other experiences she's having. She's having her own unique experience in this situation and has probably more right to make the decision than I do. So imagine how much more conflict and destruction I would have created had I reacted emotionally to that situation rather than taking a moment, pausing and asking, what's the right reaction? What's the strategic reaction? And how do I inject that intention into this situation? I did it in the moment. You can do it in the moment, no matter how intense or emotional the situation is. So here's what I want you to take away from this entire discussion today. First, If you don't know what you want out of the situation, you can never react strategically to it, and you will be driven by emotion, and you'll regret your reactions later on. So first, know what you want out of the situation. Second, you have to be conscious and intentional. You have to inject intention into the situation consciously. Don't just let your emotions run amok inject the intention into the situation based on what you want out of the situation. And number three, recognize emotion as an opportunity to create value. Rather than recognizing emotion as a point of conflict, as a difficulty, as a frustration, rather than seeing it that way, recognize emotion as an opportunity to create value by reacting strategically. You can do this. You can react strategically and you will get so much more out of the situation if you do that. Thanks so much for listening today. I sincerely hope you got value out of this conversation. One of the things we touched on were emotional triggers today. We're going to get into much more detail about emotional triggers, what they are, how to recognize them, and what to do about them in upcoming episodes. Also, look forward to some of our guests like Jeremy Slate and Yuri Kruman, who share their phenomenal stories of strategic reactions. 
As always, check me out on my website, kylebrost.com. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Kyle Brost. Thanks so much for listening. All the best, my friends.